You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. As we approach the end of this year, we have to make sure that we are going to finish strong. We have to make sure that we position us for a strong finish. End of this year, ready to be successful in what God has called us to do even next year. And this morning, I want to touch on a pattern for success. A pattern for success. People often look at the world to see what does success mean. I'm not talking about success by worldly standards. I'm talking success according to this word. A successful life, according to the word of God, is measured by your love for God and your love for people. Can I have one amen? amen. Was the week that bad? People upset you that much? <laughs> Success is measured by your love for God and your love for people. Loving God, loving people. That's what it's all about. You connecting with God, connecting with people. This is what it's all about. Everything God made is connected to each other. My thumb is connected to my hand. My hand to my arm. My arm to my elbow. My elbow to my shoulder. I need you and you need me. Jesus came to this earth. Acts 10 verse 38 says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. As a Christian, you should feel what other people are feeling. Our lives are measured by the love that we have for God. Daniel did all these great exploits, all these great things, but when the angel appeared to him, the angel said, greatly beloved. Peter, before God sent him out, he said, do you love me? That's the qualification for ministry, to go out, do you love me? That love relationship that we have with God, when it starts to overflow, it starts touching other people's lives. Unity in the body of Christ is all about love. Turn to the person next to you and say, I love you. But Jesus loves you even more. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12, verse 12. The Bible says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one Spirit... We were all baptized into one body. You know what that means? I can feel what you're feeling. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Unity. Turn to the person next to you and say, Unity. 
Family, you have to be connected to the body. Have to be connected to the body. Where Christ is the head. The body of Christ is the reservoir of God's power. Everything that God will do will be in and through His body. You have to be submitted and committed in a living church. Can I have one amen? You have to be submitted and committed in a local church. That's God's order. Many people are submitted in a church. They want you to speak into their lives, give them guidance, give them a prophetic word, and they will listen. They'll submit to that. Tell them, stop your nonsense. They'll stop their nonsense. Change this. They submit it. Cannot do it like this. They'll listen. But they're not committed. They're not involved anywhere, helping with anything. Other people, again, they are committed. They're here every Sunday. During the week, they'll help. Do this, do that. They just stay. But just tell them that offense is wrong. Bye-bye, I'm going. Not submit, I'm going to find another church. Turn to the person next to you, say, submitted and committed. Do you know what commitment means? Commitment means that which you really want to do, that's important to you, putting that aside to do what is more important. It's not that you don't have important things to do or things that you could do this morning, but you've put those things aside to be committed to be in God's house. Let me see your hand if you know what I'm talking about. Every day you are prioritizing things. Every single day. By the grace of God, my children are serving God, and we are very grateful for that. That's just the grace of God. But let me tell you something. Sundays, they knew from the day they were born, it's a day that belongs to God. If they had a birthday party at 10 a.m. on a Sunday morning, it's important to attend and be with your friends, but we taught them it's more important to be in God's house. You make the decision. Ask yourself. On your way to church, you say, God, I'm committed to be here. Now you get a phone call. Can we see you regarding that important contract? I'm not going to go on. I'm just going to leave it there. You know the story that your heart will tell you. You have to connect to a team. have to be connected to the body of Christ. Unity is very important in the body of Christ. You can be in a church and not be part of the kingdom of God. But you cannot be part of the kingdom of God and not be submitted and committed in a church. The Bible says, do not neglect the assembly of the saints, as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. So what is he saying? He says, as you get towards the end, see the day approaching, you'll see more and more people will say, I don't have to go to church. You have to be connected. When you are born from above, Christ is the head. Get connected. Turn to the person next to you and say, get connected. The Bible says each member must find his rightful place. 
This is what Ephesians talks about. Ephesians 4, the Passion Translation, it says, For his body has been formed in his image and is closely joined together and constantly connected as one. Turn to the person next, you say, constantly. And every member has been given divine gifts to contribute to the growth of all. And as these gifts operate effectively throughout the whole body, we are built up and made perfect in love. Here is the challenge constantly. We serve God often, occasionally. What was it that the king said about Daniel? It says, the God whom you serve continually will deliver you. Not occasionally, continually. This is the sure pattern for success. Many people delay this, but as soon as you get connected to the body of Christ, the reservoir of God's power, you'll see things will start to change in your life. You can operate on your own. A pot plant can become a beautiful plant. You can move it into the shade, into the rain, into the sun. But it can never grow to its full potential. It's when you are planted, the psalmist says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish. Amen. Turn to the person next to you, say, get connected. Tell them again, say, get connected. Your gifts, your strengths, your abilities should use it to strengthen the body of Christ. Let me tell you something. Preparation takes a long time. A matter of fact, the greater the calling, the greater the preparation. If you know God has called you for great things, the greater the preparation. Let me rephrase it. The greater the calling, the greater the relationship. But you have to build with God, number one, loving God. And the greater your calling, the more people will have to connect to you and you connect to them. Because nobody's got everything. I've got strengths that you don't have, but you have strengths that I don't have. I need you like you need me. And when we get connected, wow. It's that consistency that's so important. Coming to church every Sunday. Consistency is the only proof of our genuineness. Consistency is the only proof of our genuineness. If you're not doing the same thing today and tomorrow, you should ask yourself, do I have the grace to do it? Consistency. Daniel, the king, who was not even a believer, when he looked at him, he said, the God whom you serve continually. The disciples were consistent. They were consistent because they were empowered by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit empowers you, touches your heart, changes your heart, you would want to find your rightful place. Use your strengths. The mistake that we make is we look at other people and we want to be like them. And you get frustrated because God has not given you those gifts. We have to continue in Christ's word. Be consistent. Sometimes we're running after things that are not our gifts. 
And then we are like this up and down. Turn to the person next to you say, I need you like you need me. When we continue in Christ's word, we will be accepted as disciples. We'll be able to be consistent. I want to ask you this question. Are you called to be a servant or are you just called to do a job? Because when you have that servant's heart of Christ, consistency will be there to come and serve week after week. Amen. So number one, the pattern to be successful, number one, get connected. Turn to the person next to you say, get connected. Turn to the person on the other side, say, get connected. Second thing, discover the dream. Discover your gifts. Amen? Turn to the person next to you say, discover your gift. Discover your gift. When you know what is your gift, you wouldn't want to do anything else. Amen? Even though you cannot sing, you can still be a worshiper. You can still worship. So what is your calling? Ephesians 4 verse 1 says, I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. What God has called you to do, discover that and walk in that. Use that gift to strengthen the body of Christ. Live a life worthy of that gift. Many of you know you have gifts. You know that you should be using it to strengthen the body of Christ. But you say, later, later. Your calling becomes what you love. Embrace it and be the very best you. Amen? Galatians 4, verse 19 says, My little children for whom I labor in birth again until Christ is formed in you. If you desire greater things, Christ will have to be formed on the inside of you. When I was a young Christian, I saw a vision the one day. I saw a fire burning on the inside, and I saw a fire burning upon. And when I said, God, what is this? The Lord said to me, the fire upon is the gift, but the fire within is the character. He said, the fire within must burn greater, bigger, that these two fires become one. Turn to the person next to you and say, character. Many times when we look at somebody, we just looked at the gifting. But what's more important is Christ being formed on the inside. If your gift exceeds your character, you're an accident waiting to happen. Turn to the person next to you and say, character. So we focus so much on the fire, the flame upon. What did Jesus say? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. The fire upon. But what's more important? The fire within. To get to a place where your gifting flows out of your character. Otherwise, we can often find ourselves grieving the Holy Spirit. When you've got a gift and you don't have the character of Christ to love, that gift can hurt people. If you have the gift to call down fire from heaven, I wrote about it in my book as well, Courageous Faith. If you have the gift to call down fire from heaven and your colleague is now parked 
for the fifth time on your parking spot, what would your response be? My brother, my sister, this car, if I see it here again, not me or you will ever see it again. <laughs> if that would be your response, Christ has not been formed on the inside because you want to use your gift to hurt somebody, whereas your gift is there to help people, to glorify the name of Jesus. That fire within and the fire upon to burn as one. What does Ephesians 4 say? Verse 30. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Why? You need to know that your heart is the communication point of the Holy Spirit. If you want to be led by the Holy Spirit to use your gift, your strength, to glorify the name of Jesus, you have to protect your heart. You're going to have to let go of that anger. For God to use your gift, you need a free spirit. A free spirit can discover their gift. Free spirit will know, okay, you're not called to sing. You're called to preach. You're called to do a lot of other things, other strengths that you have. Amen. Promises that I have from the word of God that I hold on. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. You have one life to live for Christ Jesus. Make it count. Amen. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have gifts. Don't let anybody or any situation label you. I think one of the best examples of somebody that didn't get bitter it's in the book of Chronicles, Jabez. Have you heard the story of Jabez? The Bible says when Jabez was more honorable than all his brothers, God gave honor to his name, but it didn't start there. When he was born, he caused his mother so much pain that she called him Jabez. But the Bible says Jabez called upon the God of Israel, and he said that you would indeed bless me, that you would enlarge my territory, that you would be with me, that you would keep evil away from me, and that I will not cause pain. And God granted him his petition. Jabez means he who causes pain. Just think about it. He had no control over that birth. No control. But the day his mother gave birth to him, he caused her so much pain in that giving of birth that she called him Jabez, he who causes pain. Can you imagine? Mommy, can we go play with he who causes pain? Please, my child, we've got enough challenges. Just stay away from that boy. <laughs> can you imagine? I mean, labeling your child he who causes pain. Young people, listen to me. Don't let the world label you. You let Facebook label you. If you don't get a thumbs up, you think you're a thumbs down. Get God's opinion about yourself. Amen? The Bible says he called upon the God of Israel. God didn't change his name. But the Bible mentions he called upon God and said, God, bless me. Be with me. Help me to fulfill my purpose. Keep evil away from me and let me not cause pain. You know what that means? It means maybe your family has been labeled. But when you call upon the God of Israel... He will change it and bring honor to your name. Now, maybe 
Your family has never owned a car. You'll be the first one to own a car. Never had a house, first family member to have a house. Never had an education, first member to have an education. When you call upon the God of Israel, you discover your gift, your purpose. Can you imagine? He who caused pain, now suddenly is bringing joy. Wow. David had a dream. David had a dream to build God a house. That commitment to build a house for God rolled over into the next generation. David never built God a house, but he gave into the building of God's house. A commitment that he made affected generations to come. Your commitment to serve God, your commitment to build God's house will affect generations to come. Can I tell you something, how you do that? How you get that consistency in your life? You get it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Peter was not consistent before he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The one minute he said, Jesus is the Christ, the next he was rebuked, Satan get behind me. The next minute he's walking on the water, the next minute he's chopping off a soldier's ear. The one minute he's saying, Jesus, I love you, the next minute he's denying Jesus. Up and down, up and down like that, till he was filled with the Holy Spirit. The Bible says about David, when he was anointed, that the Holy Spirit remained with him. And he protected that with everything. Family, listen to me. That gift of the Holy Spirit that you've received, that's on the inside. That peace that God has given you, not the peace of this world. The peace that comes from, protected with everything. Because it will lead and guide you. It brings consistency in your life. In the Old Testament, go read the Old Testament, Psalm 51. What did David pray? The Bible says the Spirit remained with him. David knew he was not a giant slayer. He knew he had a friend in the Holy Spirit that disposed of giants. So what did he do? When he had sinned, when he had messed up, Old Testament, he said, do not let your Holy Spirit depart from me, Lord. That's his prayer that he prayed. Acts 5 verse 32, New Testament, New Covenant, better promises. What does the Bible say? The Holy Spirit is given to those who obey Him. Your obedience is the only proof of your faith. So number one, get connected. Number two, discover your dream. So I've seen the Holy Spirit on people and remain with people. But for you to enjoy the consistency of walking in the Spirit, being led by the Holy Spirit, being a son of God, being a daughter of God. It's all about the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Consistency is a person. It's Jesus. So when you allow Him into your life, you'll see that consistency in your life. Amen. So the last one. Get connected to the team. Number two, Discover the dream, your gift, your calling. Lastly, serve in a dream team. Turn, turn to the person next to you say, you look like a dream team member. Tell them again, say, you look like a dream team member. So family, listen to me. Even Jesus had 12 disciples. He sent out 70, 120, got filled with the Holy Spirit the day of Pentecost. 500 people heard 
Wait in Jerusalem, for you will receive power. 500 people heard the message, wait in Jerusalem to receive power so that you can be part of the dream team to go out into Jerusalem, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. But only 120 remained. 1 Corinthians 15 verse 6. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain to the present. 500 was supposed to be part of the dream team. 120 remained to receive the power. Teaches us that many times we'll hear the truth, we'll know, get connected, discover the dream. But we won't do it. Faith without works is dead. The only proof of your faith is your obedience. If you want to consistently serve God, you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Can you see how important it is every day to pray, Spirit of the living God, fall afresh upon me. Empower me. Strengthen me. Help me. When you are born from above, you're linked up with Jesus. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says, He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Then that consistency that's in Christ Jesus becomes your consistency. Aren't you glad that Jesus' love is consistent towards you, just like this? Imagine his love was like our love. His forgiveness was like our forgiveness. Ask yourself this question. What would the church look like if everybody prayed like you? read their Bible like you, served like you, gave like you, helped like you, what would the church look like a year from now? Don't answer. <laughs> Don't answer. <clears throat> but that's the question we should ask ourselves. Because your consistency is the only proof of your genuineness. All Christian service should be done in the power of the Holy Spirit. If you are murmuring and complaining about Christian service, you should ask yourself if I'm being empowered to do it. When the Holy Spirit empowers you, you'll be able to do it today, you'll be able to do it tomorrow, the week after that, and just go on continually just doing that same thing over and over. A genuine servant is consistent in their serving. Consistent in greeting Consistent in helping, consistent in giving, consistent in smiling, in serving. Amen? Turn to the person next to you and say, I can see you have a consistent smile. Can I tell you why it's so important to be part of a team? Because you don't change on your own. On your own, you get weird. Proverbs 18 says, a person that isolates himself seeks his own desire and rages against all wise judgment. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 says, we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror are being transformed, are being changed. If you serve with a team for one year, for two years, for three years, for five years, trust me, the mask gets taken off. Because you can fool some people some of the time but not all the people all of the time. 
That's why you're popping from church to church. Every two, three years, you move on to another church. Because when it gets to that time to take off the mask so that you can really change, you'd rather run away. When you allow this word to become an integral part of your very being, by its very nature, it will start changing you. When you have people next to you that's been more consistent than you, and you come next to them, their consistency, their strength becomes your strength to help you to become more consistent. Real satisfaction in life is experiencing God, God's people. People are different, but they have so many beautiful things in them, strengths that you don't have, that they prepare to use to strengthen you. Somebody that's born from above, nothing is too much. Nothing is too big, nothing is too little. As long as they can do it in the power of the Holy Spirit so that God can get the glory. Galatians says, through love, serve one another. Through love, serve one another. Not serve and then love. First love, then serve. When you are linked up with God, loving God, it's easy to love people. What you make happen for others, God will make those things happen for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, I need you like you need me. Tell them again, say, I need you like you need me. I'm closing with this, Luke 22, verse 26. But not so among you. On the contrary, he who is greatest among you, let him be the younger. And he who governs as he who serves. You know what this means? Can I talk to Christians that have been serving God for a long time? Sometimes we think it's this ladder. You know, I was a, I was a deacon. I was an usher sitting as an usher. Then after that, by the grace of God, I was a zone pastor intern. Then I became a zone pastor. Then I was a district pastor. After that, we had planted a church, and I'm a senior pastor. But you know, when I've gone on crusades with the prophet, I would still usher. I would still serve. Because many times we think it's this ladder. Now I step up, I don't have to do that. No. Keep having that servant heart. What I read in that is sometimes when you get older, you think I'm above doing certain things. Those things that you think you're above, still continue to do it. Because Jesus was the greatest servant. He gave up everything. He was God. He was walking on streets of gold. He gave all of that up to become a servant. Let's keep our servant's hearts. Are you still serving as hard as what you did five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago? Those that have been served, saved 30 years, 30 years ago. David said, restore the joy of your salvation back into me. That eagerness to be here, to come and serve in God's house. Do you still have it? To usher. I mean, I, after this weekend, I, I had to drink Cataflans and Norflex just to have those muscle relaxants, you know. <laughs> I'm telling you, have that servant heart. When we were in the school hall, I, we wished, I used to wash that um, school hall every Saturday, wash that floor. Many times on a Sunday morning, I was rebuking the devil, thinking, what back pains is this on a Saturday, on a Sunday morning when I want to preach to God's people? I realized it's not the devil. It's the mopping of, mopping of the floors, and I'm just getting a bit older. Amen. But if you're going to have a back pain for Jesus, then give him the glory. Amen. 
Let's not murmur and complain when we know God has empowered us to do something. Serve in that dream team. Not just for a season. If you've been empowered day in, day out. Week in, week out. Month in, month out. The ground in front of the cross is level. When we come to bow the knee before Jesus, it's level. So make a decision to connect to that team. Be part of the dream team. Amen? If you're the greatest, become the servant. Have that kind of an attitude. Can you still wash a church floor? Vacuum a church carpet? Clean a church toilet? Obviously, if you can do it at church, you can do it at home as well. Amen. That's actually the first place where you should be able to do it is at home. Amen. Can I just say something? I want to close with this. We're blessed to be a blessing. When we come to church, we come with a different kind of an attitude. Many times people come to church because they want to receive a blessing. And receive your blessing. And when you come into God's presence, you're going to be blessed. But your attitude when you arrive here is very important to God. Because faith is simply acknowledging what you already have. So when you come to church, don't come with the attitude, I'm coming to get blessed. When you know Ephesians 1.3 says that you've already been blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus, you come to church to be a blessing because you're already blessed. That's a different attitude. We need to go out as the church, not looking for blessings, saying, I am blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. You have a strength that can become a blessing to the body of Christ. Success is measured by the love that you have for God, the love that you have for people. Go and ask yourself, am I still in love with Jesus? Is he still my everything? Do I wake up every morning and I can say, I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Holy Spirit. And because I love God, that love overflows to people. And I can feel what they are feeling. Real success is measured by our love for God and our love for people. Selah. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy, your tremendous grace that you have towards us. Thank you, Lord, for your blood that speaks for us. Thank you, Lord, for your precious Holy Spirit that empowers us for Christian service, oh Lord. Strengthen us, help us, so that we can consistently serve you, consistently love you, oh Lord. And we give you praise for that. We thank you for that. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. Hallelujah. I want everybody right now to put your right hand on your heart. Raise your other hand to heaven. I want you to pray this prayer aloud after me. If you want consistency in your life, you need to invite him who is the same yesterday, today, and forever into your life. I want you to pray this prayer aloud after me in humility and sincerity of heart. Say, precious Father, my situation is beyond human means. I need the Savior of the world to save me. Save me, Lord Jesus. Wash me with your blood. Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I confess with my mouth and I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ died for me, that he's alive right now, making intercession for all my weaknesses. Oh, Holy Spirit, help me to live a holy life, well-pleasing in your sight. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. If you've prayed that, yes, give the Lord a hand. 
If you've prayed that prayer in humility and sincerity of heart, your sins are now forgiven. Your past is over. Don't talk about your past anymore. Your past is Egypt. It's a place of defeat and failure. God is taking you into the promised land. Amen? Your past is over. If I can give you some good advice, get submitted and committed in a living church. Get linked up with that reservoir of God's power. Amen? Serve like never before because what you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen for you. Amen? So if you're from around here, we have to take responsibility for you. I actually have an obligation, according to the Word of God, to help you and to disciple you. If you're from far, go find a living church, get involved there, and serve there like never before. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.